At the end of a previous episode entitled The Big Decision, I reflect that I was confident in my choice, even if I was uncertain how it was going to turn out. The key there is confidence. But as I reflect on what was going on at the time, my confidence was actually quite shaken and was in the process of being rebuilt. Was it this shift in my confidence that allowed me to take the leap? Was it my regained confidence that has made me successful during this time? What is the role of confidence in the lives that we lead? Hello, I'm Nassim, and welcome to Becoming My Stronger Me, a podcast designed to help you become stronger in mind, body, and heart. Up until a few years ago, my journey was pretty linear, following a traditional path. And then, in a perfect storm of circumstances, I pivoted to pursue a more fulfilling and meaningful life. Join me as I share what I've learned about myself that's helped me to become my stronger me. Today, I'll be sharing the part of my journey related to the shaking up and the rebuilding of my confidence. For me, during this time that ultimately led to my great resignation, my confidence in my professional space had been shaken. Focused attention to rebuilding my confidence in areas that I had full control over made all the difference. I'll be sharing this journey through the lens of becoming stronger in body So let's get started. Let's go back to the part of my journey that began with my work world being in flux. A period of time in the college where I was working's history, where there was an announced leadership retirement, a national search for the next president underway, and then fast forward to ultimately a leadership transition occurring with a new leader being successfully put into place. And I was part of the president's team, her direct report. Just like any other business or organization, higher education goes through the same processes as others do, with aches and pains and joys and excitement of this kind of major leadership shift. I had been through this shift before at a different college. But this was different. The journey of it all was happening in the context of a global pandemic where we were already working on shifting unstable ground, trying to figure out how to move everything to virtual, how to support our teams at home, how to get information and communicate information effectively, and to make challenging decisions with very little information. These things in combination, as you can imagine, created a new experience for us to operate in. For me, it was during this time where my fairly solid, confident, experienced self became not so confident, questioning my ability, internalizing feedback instead of using it to improve. I was beginning to not only hear the negative, but it was really starting to affect me. Before we go too much further, I think it's important to stop and define confidence. It's that kind of word that we use in everyday life that probably has meanings and connotations in different contexts for different people. 
So how are we using the word confidence today? The research defines confidence as an attitude. There's actually lots and lots of research on confidence and they share that it's confidence. The confidence is that secret sauce that makes a great leader, a great manager. It makes it for a great coach. It makes a great parent. It makes a great friend. Confidence is how we think about ourselves and how those thoughts affect how we feel about ourselves. And then it's those thoughts and those feelings about ourselves that affect our behavior, our decision-making, the relationships we build, the people we surround ourselves with, the risks we take, our mental health, our happiness. The research also shows that confidence is not something we are born with. It's something we learn over time and everything around us can have an impact on the development of our confidence. Recently in the field, Dr. Karen Gordon has summarized the existing research into a very simple model of confidence. As I'm describing this model, and this is a question that she asks her clients and audiences to consider, is that as you're listening to the description of this model, ask yourself which seat you sit in the majority of the time. I'll post a link to her TED Talk and her book, The Three Chairs, on the Becoming My Stronger Me podcast page on Facebook. The book is intended for businesses and leaders, but the concepts are ones that we can apply to everyday life and reflect on ourselves. Feel free to send me a message on Instagram at StrongerMe, and I can share the resources with you that way as well. Okay, back to Dr. Gordon's model. Imagine you have three physical chairs in front of you in a line facing you. Two of the chairs are white and the one in the middle is red. Take a moment to imagine that in your mind. There are three chairs in a row. Two of them are white. The one in the middle is red. And she's asking us to reflect where we sit in terms of our confidence the majority of the time. The one on the left is a seat for those that have a, what she calls a blind attitude. People who sit in this chair the majority of the time, as she describes, are blind to their value and their worth. They engage in toxic self-talk. They are very negative about themselves and themselves in the world and about situations. The one to the far right, she describes as a seat for those with a disguised attitude. People who sit in this chair are cocky. They're arrogant. They put other people down. They don't really care about you. Whether they put other people down in their presence or put them down behind their back, they're still putting people down. But the people who sit in this chair are covering their own insecurities. So we have the blind attitude chair on the left and the disguised attitude chair on the right. Let's talk about this red chair in the middle. This is the chair for those with a confident attitude. People who sit in this chair understand their self-worth. 
They respect themselves for who they are and they respect others and an emotional capacity to lift, encourage, and empower other people. Dr. Gordon reflects that people who sit in this chair also have a growth mindset and a humble mindset. They're able to reflect and take feedback to grow. They're always looking for information, feedback as data to make themselves a little better. Dr. Gordon also shares that no one sits in a chair 100% of the time. And in different contexts, we might even sit in different chairs. So take a moment to think about what chair you sit in the majority of the time. As you imagine each of the people in each of these three different chairs, their self-talk, the way in which they view themselves, how they view the others, how they take information in and use it to either keep themselves in that negative place or build themselves up or ignore the feedback altogether. The way in which they engage with the world and the people around them does two things. One, it attracts people like them that are aligned to their type of thinking. And two, it affects the decision-making process in terms of being able to thoughtfully and accurately consider all the information and their ability to take risks with it. Let's unpack the impact of their relationships real quick before we go into decision-making and risk-taking. In terms of who we attract and who we repel, Dr. Gordon shares that people in that left chair, that blind attitude chair, are attracted to other people that feed that mindset, that negative mindset, that toxic self-talk. They surround themselves with people who either also engage in that behavior or provide that kind of feedback like those in the disguised attitude chair on the far right, that cocky, arrogant, putting other people down, finding fault and letting them know about it. She suggests that those two kinds of attitudes attract because it aligns with the way that they think. And I think Dr. Gordon has really tapped into something here in terms of not only the importance of building your confidence to be able to make decisions and to behave in a world in a way that is good for your mental health, but also in the way that we can protect ourselves from these other toxic environments. Those that sit in the confident chair the majority of the time tend to also attract people who are confident, who know their self-worth, who don't put other people down. They don't have any patience for that negative self-talk and that kind of behavior towards others. They want a group around them where they can learn and grow together. As I reflect on my journey, I would say that before the major changes of 2020, I spent the majority of my professional time sitting in the confident attitude chair. I think most would say that my leadership style was one of owning my mistakes, owning my decisions, trying to grow other people, spending and investing time in lifting people up and empowering people. I believe I had grown into and developed that kind of confidence in my professional space before this major transition had started to occur. But in 2020, things shifted. And without going into too much detail, 
my confidence was shaken. I had actually began to sit more in that blind attitude chair, not only in my professional self, but in other domains of life, family, my physical self, you know, how I feel about myself when I look at myself in the mirror. And then of course there was what was going on in the world, which was really stressful and uncertain. I actually think I was spending a lot of my time as I reflect back in that blind attitude space. Like many other people during the pandemic, I spent a lot of my newfound time baking and tasting wine and spending time having full meals and dinners with the family. The dinners were substantially more elaborate and unhealthy than we were eating before. And this isn't an indictment or an excuse of the time that we were living in, but instead that was the reality. I was baking bread. I was home all the time, snacking and doing all the things and not being as active as I had been before. So what I was seeing in the mirror, how I was feeling in my clothes was also getting shaken. In some major domains of my life that I had really identified with at the time, my professional self and the me that I could physically see, both were having a major shift and shifting me into sitting in that blind attitude chair. Dr. Gordon in our TED Talk shares that confidence can be built. This attitude can be practiced and learned. Let's tease out the kinds of thoughts that are occurring in the two white chairs, the blind attitude chair and the disguised attitude chair. The toxic self-talk of, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, or I'm good enough if, I'm good enough if I have that promotion at work, I'm good enough if I lose the weight, I'll be good enough if I make a lot of money. Those two things are toxic. Not believing in your self-worth and making your self-worth conditional. That reflection was super powerful. As I reflect back, I was definitely experiencing elements of that. These thoughts can be deeply rooted in our pasts. For me, my immigrant upbringing, you know, where certain professions were more valued over others, educational degrees are highly coveted and valued pieces of paper, that success was defined and manifested a particular way, and that I needed to strive to achieve all of those things. By no means is this an indictment on the past the culture, my parents, or any other family and friends. Instead, this is a recognition of the roots of attitudes, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. This kind of recognition and reflection is really powerful and empowering. The kinds of thoughts that those sitting in that red chair the majority of the time, that confident attitude chair, their thoughts are, I am enough. I am enough. And if you really believe that to your core, ask yourself, Dr. Gordon asks us to ask ourselves, 
how would we live our lives if we really believed that we are enough who would we surround ourselves with that shift for me back to that confident attitude chair was critical to empowering me to make this incredible life pivot in november 2020 just a few months shy of submitting my resignation and giving six weeks notice I joined a fitness group. I wanted to regain and take control of my physical self that I had neglected, hadn't paid attention to over the course of the previous eight months. That fitness group is called Eager to Motivate or E2M. It was a game changer for me. And no, I don't work for them. But many of you maybe came to this podcast and this particular episode because you followed my fitness journey and my physical transformation on Instagram at StrongerMe. If you're coming to this episode from that space, thank you. Thank you for being on this journey with me all this time. All right, let me go back to November of 2020. One of my friends posted on her public Facebook account her transformation in this program. And wow, she looked great. I mean, she looked great before too, but now she looked strong, fit, happy, confident, and all in such a short period of time, only eight weeks. Just like most other people, I was really curious what she did because I knew if she could do it, I could do it too. So I reached out to her and she shared the information. And of course, if you're interested, reach out to me and I'm happy to share the information too. But please know there is no financial gain for me for sharing this information. I'm not sponsored by them. I'm not a trainer. I'm just a person who loves this program. But what's really special for me is that it provided the structure and the platform that fit into my life and had enough flexibility and also enough rigidity to keep me focused. But above all else with this program, in a time that I really needed it, what it provided me was a truly supportive community of like-minded people that were going after their goals and cheering each other's goals on. Just think about that. That's really special. The vibe of the group it's not one of competition. Sure, there's a competition aspect of it, but it's super minor. It's not the vibe of the group. We don't compete for success. We are succeeding in however each of us defines it. And when we lean in and try our best, let me tell you, that first four weeks, I had lost my 10 pounds that I wanted to lose. I had met my goal. Technically, I was done with the weight loss part of the journey, but I really wasn't done. That group inspired me to set different goals, to keep working for things that I wanted, to keep lifting other people up and to see that just being me, just existing, just me posting in the group a sweaty selfie or a picture of the weights I was using that day or a screenshot of my workout just by being was enough. 
When you spend an intense period of time, and in this case, a full eight weeks, in an environment that cultivates confidence, and you let yourself be fully open to that experience, you reap the benefits. I went back and sat wholeheartedly in that red chair in terms of how I was feeling about myself physically. Regaining my confidence in one domain allowed for me to want to regain that confidence in all of my domains, all of the domains of my life that I truly valued. I wanted to live in that space of confidence, respecting myself, knowing my worth, pulling other people up, encouraging them, inspiring them, empowering them, continuing to grow as a person and be hungry for feedback so that I could continue to become my stronger me. Dr. Gordon shares three key steps to grow that confidence attitude, that confidence mindset. I'll summarize them here, but I won't go into a lot of detail. I encourage you to listen to her TED Talk and read more about her work. The three things that she shares to do to practice and grow your confidence are to, one, focus on what we can do and stop blaming Stop blaming the world. Stop blaming someone else. Stop blaming the situation. Stop being the victim. Figure out what you can control and focus on that. Two, set realistic goals. There is a ton of literature on goal setting. I will share that she emphasizes making sure that those goals are realistic. That when you finally set that goal, make sure that you give it everything you've got. Give it a hundred percent of what you have on any given day. Ask for help along the way, keep yourself open to feedback and make sure you're striving for excellence, not perfection. And then accept your best. Lastly, three, Dr. Gordon shares that you need to seek feedback. Be feedback hungry not feedback fragile. Use feedback as data to make yourself better, not feedback fragile. Crumble when you receive feedback. Each one of these were practiced on my E2M fitness journey without even knowing it. I focused on what I could control. I owned my journey and refused to blame others or my circumstances for my progress or sometimes lack of. I set big goals and little ones along the way, and then embrace the wins and the progress. I gave it and still give it 100% of what I can each day. I made incredible connections in the group, friends that I never would have met or connected with. And that has been so instrumental to every aspect of my life. For me, it's the incredibly supportive community that helped me rebuild my confidence attitude allowing me to sit in that red chair the majority of the time. For you, that confidence may come from a different place, your career, your family, the work you might do in the community, wherever it's cultivated, wherever it's from, whether you're building it, rebuilding it, 
or strengthening that confidence. Really lean lean into that confidence in the decision-making process when you're faced with a major life pivot. As I describe in the episode, The Big Decision, the mindset you go into as you make decisions, as you consider pivoting your life is so incredibly important to not only being confident in that decision, but also being successful on the other side. What did you think about Dr. Karen Gordon's model? Did it resonate with you? Where do you sit the majority of the time? And how is that affecting your life? Let's explore these questions and reflections more. Join me in the Becoming My Stronger Me Facebook group as we talk about questions and reflections from this episode, or send me a message on Instagram at StrongerMe, sharing your story, your questions, your reflections. I'd love to hear from you. Let's learn from each other and build a supportive community so that you can become your stronger you.